Welcome to the Wayward Woman podcast, where each week we meet to discuss the tough topics surrounding domestic violence and domestic abuse. We want to provide education as well as our own stories of survival, guests coming on with their stories of survival, and how we are now thriving and healing together. We are so excited to give you hope that you can know you too can survive, you can thrive, you are not crazy, and you are not alone. Hey, everybody, it's Lara and Michelle with the Wayward Woman podcast. Hey, hey, everybody. I hope you're all safe and doing well out there. And um, that's all I really have for you. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm really excited for this guest. Um, I'll let Lara do the introductions, but just wanted to say hi to the listeners and thank you for your support. Yeah, so we have a really uh, special, amazing guest on today. Her name is Hannah Hollander, and I will let Hannah tell us about herself and what she's been up to, but we just met recently, kind of up where I'm living now, and just through some like mutual, she's from a town that I live near now, and we have some mutual um, people that we know, so um, welcome, Hannah. Thank you. I guess we could... Start by sorry, I interrupted you already. No, I'm just super happy to be here as well. <laughs> we told Hannah we interrupt each other a lot, and I already interrupted you. So I'm really sorry, <laughs> listeners know me and Michelle bounce around a lot, but um, yeah, I would love to just like have you just introduce yourself, and then maybe we can share your story and kind of where you're at now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Hannah. Um, <laughs> I um, am an executive director of a nonprofit now um, that's uh, young and budding. Um, I was in a, a three-year abusive marriage um, that uh, I ended in, and left in August 2018. And then um, about six months later in February, I shared my story on Facebook. Um, kind of, it was it was my birthday and I was like, okay, this is a day that I'm going to take my maiden name back on social media. Aww. And I knew that was going to kind of cause waves a little bit because I come from like a super small town. You know, everyone knows. Everyone knows different. everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I was like, no, I want to share my story because I think it's important for people to hear because um, I had recently learned that, um, you know, domestic violence touches one in three women and one in four men. And, um, and I, these numbers like shocked me. Mm. And, uh, and I was like, why have I never learned about this? I also had just recently learned that, um, four women in my immediate family had also divorced their husbands over domestic violence, but I had never learned any wow. of their story. Yeah. Four of them. And I mean, it was like two grandmas and two aunts and, that I know well. And, um, and they had all divorced their husbands before I was kind of old enough, I guess, mm -hmm. to like know what, what happened. And so, but I was never explained their stories, um, or really, you know, taught about abuse. And so I, my heart for, um, this whole conversation about domestic violence is education. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
anyways, shared my story on Facebook. It went a little bit viral. Um, and all of a sudden I had all these people like reaching out to me, mm-hmm. um, sharing what they were going through. It was super overwhelming. Yeah. And when it was only at like 3000 shares, uh, four days later, I was like, I remember calling my mom up on the phone and being like, mom, like all these people just need to talk to each other and encourage each other. And so I kind of on a whim made this Facebook group and edited it into my original post. And that was when it was at 3000 shares and then it went on to have 120,000 shares. And we had 12,000 members in the first two weeks. (laughs) And so all of a sudden it was like, wow, we have this huge platform. Everyone was wanting to share their story and open up. And um, because they had been silent for so long and then all of a sudden they, you know, from reading my post, they realized that they weren't the only ones going through that. And so, um, so yeah, we, we were able, I have a team now of almost 30 volunteers all across the U.S. that, um, that spend anywhere between five, yeah, five and 25 hours <laughs> a week some of them spend up to 25 hours a week on the page um encouraging members and doing behind the scenes admin work so um so it really has turned into a beautiful space we we've been able to help about three people leave an abusive relationship every week since we began so um those numbers are are um impressive you know and i think that um uh, so we, we called it speak your truth. I don't know if I, I said that, but, um, but we, we very much believe in, um, empowering the survivor mm-hmm. and giving them back their voice, you know? So, um, so yeah, it was kind of like all of a sudden it was a thing and, um, and I kind of have just been rolling with it and, uh, trying to keep up with it. Cause you no, know, I have a full-time job on top of this. So, <laughs> oh my uh, God. Yeah. so it's been <laughs> insane, but, um, but yeah, That's we got our, question. Yeah, of course. Sorry to interrupt. Um, uh, The statistics, I thought it was one in four women. Um, Is it, has it shifted to one in three? So the, I actually looked this up because different places say different things. Um, The one in three statistic is any form of abuse in their lifetime. One in four women is actually some sort of physical abuse, um, like like strangulation or uh, hitting or kicking or something like that. That So um, yeah. And so the same thing, I believe it's the same with the men. So the men is one in four four men can uh, like have experienced some form of abuse in their lifetime. And then one in seven men have, have uh, experienced some sort of physical violence. Wow. Um, okay. And yeah. that's interesting too, because when we think about one, the statistics, that's just what was reported. Right. Yeah. You know, so there's so many yeah. unreported things. That's a and really I good think point, about Michelle. Too, like how, Sorry. First of all, thank you for sharing <laughs> on Facebook because you, that's such a gift that you gave to people in taking mm-hmm. that really scary risk and being vulnerable in that way. So thank you so much. This is the goal of doing this to teach others that it's not okay and that they deserve dignity and respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, and asshole, you were saying you're from a small town and I wonder, because it reminds me of like um, uh, reservations, uh, uh, Indian women cannot, Native American women cannot get a lot of help because it's so tight knit yes. and it's not safe. 
And so they, you know, it, it's very ingrained in that culture, all of our culture really, but that yeah. small community. So I was wondering in your small town, was there not opportunity to set something like that up or did people not speak up because it was a small town or afraid of judgment or I was just yeah. curious how that looked. Yeah, totally. Um, so my, my small town is super religious. So that that's another factor that goes into, I think kind of, um, religious Christian culture. Um, they, and then my small town, uh, really highly valued family and, uh, getting married young. It was super normalized. So, um, so all of that kind of combined, uh, kind of, I think created this kind of, um, culture of like, everything's good. Everything's happy. You know, uh, you know, I have this beautiful family and yeah, we got married right out of high school, but you know, I have three kids and you know, it's beautiful. You know, it's a happily ever after, um, we're a good Christian family that stays together, you know? And so it's a lot um, of pressure. Yeah. So I think that, um, all of those factors kind of dealed into like why I never heard about it growing up, why I don't think, um, you know, and divorce was so negatively talked about. So, um, I'm sure it wasn't your generational abuse. Yeah. Well, that kind yeah. of ties into like we the last we just we literally just published a podcast last week about um, spiritual abuse and religious abuse, and and that's like people, you know, anyone who is listening now who's curious about that can go back to our episode yeah. from last week, and it's very, very prevalent that it's like ingrained into you know certain religions and certain cultures. It's like you don't get you don't have sex before marriage you get married young and you are submissive. Like you, like that's God's design is that you stay married. And, and yeah. it's, it, I, I'd love if you're comfortable, um, you know, cause I know you and I had chatted previously and I think your story is so similar to so many of us. And Michelle and I always say on our podcast, like we hear each other's, we hear our stories and each other's stories. And then it helps us to know like, we're not crazy. We're not like, we're not alone. Like other women, other people are going through this. Um, yeah. I know you kind of mentioned that like you had a similar walk in your marriage that, you know, Michelle and I have shared that we had with our ex abusive partner that like, it was almost like the frog in boiling water. It was like a slow burn yeah. that you almost didn't even realize you were being abused emotionally or manipulatively until it was like you were broken and, are you uh, able to speak yeah. about that like a little bit? We don't have to delve a lot yeah. into it because I, yeah, I want to focus on like all the good <laughs> things you're doing now. But yeah. um, I do I think can give a short look. synopsis. Yeah, I'd like to know so, if you're if you're comfortable. Sorry to interrupt. If when um when you noticed it, like starting and then how you left, do we like to know what that looked like? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. it's helpful for listeners. So yeah, totally. Yeah, I was actually just telling someone this morning about this. Um, yeah, so my um, uh, ex and I got together when I was a freshman in college, um, and he was states away. I, I was in uh, California, and he was in Washington. So we we started already long distance. So there was a lot that I was not was not in the same place, same time as him. Every single time that we got together, it was like this huge honeymoon, and um, you know he would buy me nice things he would send me you know of course mm -hmm. flower me with everything and, well, uh, and that's good to hear too because you know as we all know they don't right? show up like that in the beginning you know that they don't most most abusers not to gen generalize don't show up like that 
Right. Yeah. So it was like, he um, was definitely love bombing. And then um, I, we, he was going into the military. And so there was kind of this pressure that all of a sudden, oh, we need to get married because, um, you know, that, that it was, I don't know why that was the reason he was going to go in the military. And I guess, you know, the military doubles your paycheck if you're married. And so there is that huge incentive. And, um, and I think the military culture, um, I have a lot to say about that, but we probably don't have time for it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, so then it was, you know, it was super, pre- I mean, I think we got engaged 10 months after we started dating when we had only seen each other in person, like five times or something like that. And, you know, it was, to me, it was like this huge fairy tale. Um, and then when we got together, um, well, and if, if I can pause right there yeah. too, I, I wonder too, you said, you know, he had a reason for you getting married. And I wonder to me, it seems like there were a lot of reasons. First of all, once you marry someone you're trapped, so they know they have power and control. And so it sounds like, you know, that hap- doesn't happen by accident. And then, you know, his salary doubles. So boom, boom. Yeah. You know, he gets the like, you know, seemingly best of both worlds for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and and, then, and my mind goes to that didn't happen on accident that he, you know, right. he knew what he was doing. No, yeah, exactly. And that's something that like I later on, I really didn't believe that he actually knew what he was doing until I, I, which I, I, you know, I told you guys earlier, but I learned that he sexually assaulted four other women besides me. And I didn't learn this until after I left. So I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but, um, but that was a moment for me where I was like, you know, he knows exactly what he was doing. He sexually assaulted us all in the same exact way. And so, and it was premeditated, you know? So, um, so yeah, anyways, but, um, but yeah, back to getting together with him, we got married. Um, I was still in school, so I was traveling back and forth, um, to, to see him and then, you know, go back to school. Um, but then that was really when the abuse started, but I didn't see it as abuse at the time. I was in complete denial until literally the day that I walked out. Um, when you say that, were you living with him when it started? Yeah. So, um, so I was in down in LA going to school and he was like up in central California. So at the time, um, for military training. So, um, so I was traveling back and forth on the weekends, uh, you know, Friday to Monday, pretty much, uh, almost every weekend, um, getting very little sleep. And, uh, and there was always something that weekend that he, he would blow up about. He would leave me in the middle of the street. He would, drive erratically mm. he would you know yell at me yell in my face especially when we got our own apartment that's when um a lot of our blow-ups really started happening um but he still kind of kept it under wraps a little bit um he didn't touch me at all um he would block doorways but it wasn't really until we actually moved out to georgia he was stationed in georgia um once he finished military training and we got our own house so we no longer had apartments around us when he um really started um 
being very uh, much more physically. It was, it wasn't hitting. It wasn't, you know, I didn't get um, punched in the face. It's like, I knew that as abuse, you know, but he was pushing me. He was pushing me a lot and pushing me onto soft things or um, blocking my way or, or he was a lot bigger than me. He was probably six, one, six, two. I'm like five, seven. So, and he was a pretty broad, broad guy. So he would actually kind of loom over me and like point and yell in my face and um and I was in complete denial and and here all of these things you know all these things horrible things you know abusive things that I'm saying right now it's like that only happened like you know once a month or once every two weeks you know and and, and between all of those times it felt like you know oh we we get back to the honeymoon stage everything is fine you know it's such a cycle and so I was in complete denial that our relationship was abusive um and but like I knew that we had problems and I knew that I could not bring children into the relationship because mm. of the way that he handled himself when he got angry you know I could not I could not see myself putting my child into the relationship because of and, and I think that was he would be putting your child right yes, yes. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, I know. You still, you, I still, I do that to people. You know, I do exactly what you just did. I'm like, no, it's it, you know, but, uh, but I still catch myself doing Well, I just like want to say too, um, I want to just say, cause I think it's, it's, we always like to remind listeners. I think it's so common that people, I mean, even with me, like leaving my current husband, right? Like, and people will, I've literally had people say like, oh, but did he hit you? well no I mean he didn't oh okay thank god and it's like I if I could have one freaking mission in my life because as I shared with you I experienced both physical violence with my first husband and emotional violence with my second husband they're both bad and yeah. and I think if I and so I love what you said like he he didn't hit you but intimidation is still a tactic you yeah. know, like standing in the doorway, being bigger, pointing, yelling, just even being louder. And I, and I really wanted to point out to listeners too, how you said, like, you experienced that cycle of abuse, right? Like the, like, you know, it wasn't, it was like that. And, and maybe every couple of weeks or once a month. And, and, and so we just like to remind listeners, like, if you're hearing this and you're noticing a pattern, just write it down, try to like, find, is there a pattern going on here? Because Yes, every relationship takes work. Yes, everybody has a bad mood or a bad day, but it's the pattern and the cycle, like it's that repetitive cycle over time that that's like a warning. So I want to get yeah. back to your your story, but of yeah. how you left and like, you know, just and 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 continue yeah. to just talk about the good things you're doing. But I just wanted to point that out really quickly. Yeah, no, of course. No, that's really good. Yeah, I think that it's it's actually interesting that I'm talking a lot a lot about the, the like physical abuse right now because honestly most of the relationship was emotionally and like psychologically mm -hmm. abusive. Um he was also like intellectually abusive where he had, he was always smarter than me. He <laughs> you know he always our he husband. like honestly <laughs> I know all my friends which is yeah. it's totally comes from like his insecurity right but yeah. um of not not being the smartest he had to be the smartest be person the, in the room. and he had to be yeah 
oh yeah yes (laughs) yeah and um and I remember he just always made me out to be this dumb blonde whenever we which no nothing against blondes (laughs) (laughs) they're not dumb (laughs) but um but that you know he just like when we were out with friends and stuff it was always he would make jokes at my expense you know that was like you know, had to, um, you know, poke fun of my intelligence or my ability to do yeah. X, Y, and Z, because you know, you know what? So- it's funny too. You shine. I'm like, I, you shine so freaking bright. Like you and <laughs> you like this, the very first time you and I connected a couple, yeah. like a week or two ago, I was just like, Oh my God, like you shine so bright and you are so inspiring. And I guarantee he was like, Ooh, like, I don't want other people to see how great <laughs> Hannah is because um. that's going to take away from him you know yeah 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 he just you know was like that all the time I mean and it, and it was very subtle like I you know it was always well it's a joke why don't you think it's funny mm-hmm. like I I'm not gonna apologize because you know I, I was just joking like I, I was Which just like saying mean things isn't isn't yeah. a joke it's yeah. not like a joke like I, you know, I was gonna tell you dick jokes but they're too short you know that's a joke <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. But it's always framed like we are cre- we're taking it personally and right. we're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And he so it got to a point where we, we actually went on a late honeymoon to Hawaii. I planned the whole trip, coordinated everything. And um, as many of I'm sure your listeners um, have experienced that vacations, birthdays, anniversaries, everything that is is supposed to be special is always ruined Mm -hmm. so um i planned this whole trip out there it was um right around my or i was a little bit after my birthday but um but the first night when we get there we're driving to uh the airbnb that we're gonna stay at and i am um he's driving and he needs the apartment number. And I was like, Oh crap, give me one second. Like I need to go get it. Um, you know, in in my notes. And, uh, since I didn't have it ready for him right there at that moment, it was this huge blow up. He was like, you know, how can you not, you, you've, you've had, you know, all this time to, to get it ready or whatever. I can hear the exact, I can literally, I can hear that. Yes. Yeah. So it, and then it just kind of, that night was awful. And then he, um, the next day, I think we went on a hike or something and on the hike, um, I felt like he wasn't, he wasn't worried about my safety at all. There was some steep parts and my, my shoes were like kind of slipping a little bit because the dirt was like really dry. And, uh, and I kept saying, you know, I'm not going to say his name, but I kept saying, you know, stay next to me, stay next to me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want you to go super far away. Like I'm, I'm scared here. Yeah. And, uh, and he would kept like getting so mad at me because he was like, well, you know, if you fall, you'll take me out too. I can't be next to you. Like he kept making all these excuses and, wow. and just basically blew up in the middle of the hike and was like, um, we're going to finish our time here in, in Hawaii. And then we're going to go home and get a divorce and, and hear this, like, 
I had heard the divorce word from yeah. our, our actual honeymoon. Like, um, I don't think it was that simple, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So he started using that word um, right away. Uh, whenever we got in an argument, it was always, well, I want a divorce. Well, I want, I want a divorce because, um, because it was a way, you know, he knew that I didn't want a divorce. And yeah. so it was a way of a making me ownership yeah, mm -hmm. of everything in order to make him retract that statement. You know, you had to so, like reach some weird unattainable goal to make him want to stay married and then you would yeah. reach it and you would probably change yeah. it. Oh yeah. I just had yeah. to, you know, like take ownership of everything mm -hmm. and apologize profusely and mm -hmm. there would still be things, right? So, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. Because it's yeah. not us. Yeah. Well, what? I feel like that, that, that trip was really kind of a moment where I remember calling my mom and that was the first time I had ever opened up to my mom about the abuse. I'm really close with my mom and, uh, in Hawaii, I called her in Hawaii and I'm just sobbing oh. and she was like, what's going on? Like they, my parents were completely floored because whenever it was like, not only love bombing for me, but love bombing for the family as well. My parents, yeah. especially my siblings definitely had their doubts about him, but my parents thought he was amazing. Like whenever we got together as a family, he would always help my mom in the kitchen and help cook. And he, um, you know, had to be the life of the party. And so, um, so they were pretty shocked, but my mom didn't think that it was abusive. She just thought I didn't say, you know, I wasn't, I was so confused during that time. Um, uh, calling her up in, in Hawaii that um, she didn't put two and two together until, you know, much later. But and you but said yeah, something eventually, about your sorry, family. Oh, no, I just want to say that that's that just further causes that isolation. So if I can put on the mask, charm all your family or friends, mm -hmm. then when you come to time where you're going to say this person's abusive, they're like, no, who? No, he that can't. guy, he's, so, he's nice. so nice. Yeah. He helps. He volunteers. He's made us dinner. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember my dad saying, like, my my dad is so sweet. Oh, honey, just tell him what your needs are. You know, he's a good guy. He'll listen. And I'm like, Dad, <laughs> no, I like that's not how this works. It was like, yeah, like I love that you said that, Michelle, because then it is. It's so true. Yeah. So many people in our life are like, oh, like, but he, yeah, interesting. I, I'm curious too for you. Um, you know, what did that, like, what did that look like for you to leave? Like when yeah. you actually left him, like, was yeah. it just like a overnight, like I'm leaving? Did you have to plan for a while? I know pretty much. I like, I hit this moment. I was just telling my friend this morning about this moment. Cause she's kind of going through the same thing. And, um, I mean, February was like a huge, that, that vacation was kind of a huge moment. And then about six months later, um, in August, I, um, we had an argument in the morning and I had just come out of the shower. So I was completely naked and, um, and I was trying to get away from him, went to the closet. He followed me You know, I was trying to get away from him. And he eventually pushed me onto the bed as I'm naked, looking up at him as he's going, I hate you. I don't love you anymore. I'm getting the house. You have 48 hours to leave. We're getting a divorce. 
And I had heard, I mean, it wasn't even the worst argument that we've had. That was like a very mild argument (laughs) comparatively to like what we had had, had. you know, there there was a lot worse physical things that he had done to me. But, um, but that was the moment where I was looking up at him and I realized, you know, his eyes are like black and Mm -hmm. I just realized you haven't changed in three years. Mm -hmm. Like we've been together for three years. I have tried counseling. I, you know, tried all, I learned how to make I statements and, and, um, you know, attack the problem and not attack the person. Like I had been learning so much in therapy. And let me guess, you were doing all the work and he was doing no work. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where I came to as I'm looking up at him, just going, you haven't changed. You've only gotten worse. And, and I I have to leave. Like I I have to leave. And at that moment, I didn't know, I didn't, I hadn't fully decided divorce yet. It wasn't until two weeks later when I was like, no, I'm going forward with with the divorce. But luckily I had actually um, a pre-planned trip to come out and visit my, we were in Georgia. So I was going to come out and visit my friends in California. And that was, this was like on Monday morning when we had this argument. And then um, my, my trip uh, flying out was on, on Saturday. And so I left like that night and, um, and I, I ended up going to a friend's house for that week. Um, and it didn't really hit him that I was leaving, leaving until I was already away in California. Um, so it was kind of a a benefit for me because, um, I, I don't know if I would have gone back, um, if I wasn't able to really open up to everyone. I mean, I called my parents, I called my best friends, everyone had no idea what was going on. Um, And so once I was open to everyone, it was like, I it was a reality, you yeah. know, it was like, it's I had like been no living turning this back. lie yeah. the whole time. Um, I knew how I was treated was, was wrong. Yeah. Um, but once I finally opened up to people, it was like, this is real. Uh, it's not okay. Um, and I don't deserve this. So, um, so yeah, so then I was protected, you know, I, I mm-hmm. my, my parents were, I wish everyone had, my dad um because i when i decided to move forward with a divorce he was on the phone with me as i as i told my ex um my ex just starts sobbing and begging me back you that's know? what um, i was going to ask was what was was his reaction yeah, like apologies yeah. complete 180 yeah. yeah first it was like everything's your fault you know mm-hmm. you're the problem and then it was a 180 where he actually told people that he was abusive and was like owning it for like a week and a half until uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah until he you know went back to everything's my fault but um but my dad really stepped in. He he said, you know, all communication has to go through me. You are not allowed to talk to Oh Hannah my God, anymore. that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, it was it was, and it was the best. I, I, it took about six weeks before I actually I so I changed my my return flight to Georgia actually up to Washington. Mm-hmm. Spent like six weeks on my parents' back porch. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I always say that, but then I, I need to preface it because they had this really cute porch swing, and I just napped there like I was beautiful. And 
whole summer. And I, obviously I slept in the house, but I spent it on my parents' back porch, um, sleeping honestly, uh, for six weeks. Um, and then finally flew back with my sister, picked up my car, a couple things, did not see him. I did not see him. Haven't seen him since like that day I left. So I just want to say really quickly too, that like, that's really common. And I know like we always try to like slip in educational moments here and stories, but it's like, that's who that's called hoovering, you know, when all of a sudden they're, they're crying and they're apologizing and they're saying all the things that you've been wanting to hear, you know, like, Oh my God, he sees it. He is, he is sorry. He doesn't want me to leave. He does love me. And it's like, that's a big issue. Like hoovering is like, it's, it's not real. It's, yeah. it's not real at all. It's no, it's control. not. It's not at all. Yeah. I, I had actually never heard that term before. So you're educating me. Yeah, it's like, it's like the Hoover funny. vacuum sucking you oh, back in. That's, that's funny. It's called, it's called Hoovering. And it's like, Hoovering. they will say everything that you have ever wanted to hear to get yeah. you back. And a lot of times we fall for it because we really yeah. do many times love them. Love and, yeah. and we go and we're often trauma bonded because of all the good times, bad times, good times, bad times. Like that creates this like chemical reaction in our brain that like kind of keeps us sucked in. And, and so it's like, I'm so grateful that you had your dad and I'm so, um, you know, grateful that you were able to leave that because it yeah. takes a lot of courage. So I just want to celebrate that you were able to leave and, and how soon after that, um, did you make that post on Facebook that you mentioned? Yeah. yeah. So actually what's funny is I, I wrote out that post, um, uh, probably in November. And then I didn't uh, finish sharing it. I had left in, sorry, can I ask a quick question? Is there yeah. a place that one can read it. Yeah, it's on Facebook. So, um, and we can share the link or something like that. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, my original post. Yes, I um, I left in at the end of August, and then in November, two thousand eighteen, I I literally just brain dumped. It was like one day I was writing in my notes and uh, literally wrote out everything that I just wanted to tell the world, really. Um, and I didn't know if I would ever share it um, online or anything like that. I had um, brain dumped a couple times before, but this one was like I had shared it with my mom and my sister and a best friend of mine and they were all like wow um and so I thought about sharing it on New Year's and was like no don't feel like it's right and then I ended up sharing it at the beginning of February um on my birthday my birthday is February 10th so I shared it and I I was like this is gonna be the day I'm gonna take my maiden name back and uh and yeah and explain to everyone why I'm taking my name back and um and for you. I know that I went through the last three years so you know like yeah. but it's so amazing and I I love what you named your nonprofit speak your truth because it's yeah. like you so many of us when we're in these types of relationships we don't have a voice or yeah. you know we not you know we we either physically are scared to have a voice or we are convinced we're the problem and we're crazy and then we're just like stuck in this apologizing lack of confidence, just like hating our life, you know, kind of way, just like waiting for the next little breadcrumb of like, Oh my God, they do love me. Everything's okay. Like, and so when we finally have a voice and like, 
so I, I, I would love to hear more about just like speak your truth and what's going on with speak your truth. And like, how can, how can listeners, can listeners go into your Facebook and I want to be in your group. Can me and Michelle yeah, join you your need group? To join. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we can join your group. And I'm like, I'm yeah. like, I want to volunteer to help. I want to like help. On your I was group. thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. we volunteer? Cause of I know course. we're both yeah. busy, yeah. but we, so can, we, have we a can whole... figure it out how. Yeah, we have a whole system where we're like, uh, we're a whole organization now. It's crazy. But, um, but yeah, so share the post. It went viral, crazy. Um, and how many many shares? I think it had over 123,000 shares on my, yeah. (laughs) uh, And like hundreds of thousands of comments, like so many comments. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty wild. Um, And every once in a while I'll go back to it and just kind of read the, cause now it's like, it kind of, it it spiked and then, you know, it it dropped down and now it always has like a couple shares every week. But I've heard though, I've heard in the past that stories like these that like go crazy viral actually um will like plateau and then go even more crazy so i don't know maybe that'll happen but um but yeah it it was a wild ride and um and so yeah speak your truth i like i named it that kind of it just came to me i don't i don't really have a rhyme or reason for it um i i put the hashtag it makes what? so much sense. I know, right? Like yeah. I think it works fantastically. Yeah. yeah. Our mission too, our mission just came to me one day. I just like, I had to write it down. Uh, our mission is to amplify the voices of victims and survivors of domestic violence. And um, we do that through abuse education, connecting survivors to resources, uh, providing emotional support and celebrating freedom. So, um, yeah, so we, we kind of have four areas that, um, our group touches in your journey out of abuse. Um, we are able to, um, uh, help people understand, uh, what they're going through. A lot of people that join our group understand that their, their relationship is toxic and they need help with their relationship, but they don't understand that it's actually abusive and speak your truth. Um, you know, is a very, it doesn't have abuse in the name. And so, um, I think that that has been helpful, um, to kind of engage that, that people group and they, they, um, they start to learn, Oh, my relationship is abusive, you know? So the, the next portion is like the people, the amount of people that, um, really, recognize that their relationship is abusive and want to leave but are stuck so um that is true though that speak your truth i love that because i didn't think of that um because people hear abuse they're like that's not my situation Mm -hmm. no you know like i'm not being abused or it even goes back to like people going oh i'm not getting hit i actually have a friend at our hometown michelle who was like, I don't want to go to the DV shelter because I'm not getting hit. And it's right. like, it's like, oh, if we could just get the word out, it doesn't have to be that. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, I, you know, obviously I didn't like pre think of that, um, but it really has been helpful um, because yeah, we don't have abuse in the name. And um, I think that we're able to, to reach people um, that are like just struggling, you know, in their relationship um, and kind of in those denial stages before they're actually, uh, you know, 
realizing what they're experiencing is abusive. So, so yeah. So then the, the second people group is the people that just need resources. They mm-hmm. are trying to figure out how to leave. They, you know, they have kids, they, um, you know, haven't worked in 15 years. Like they, um, have pets, you know, um, they, he's, he owns the house, he owns the car, you know, kind of, well, I say he, but women can just be as abusive as well. But, um, but yeah, so that's, um, that's kind of the second portion. And then the third portion is people who are out, but, um, majorly struggling emotionally. And that's probably our largest group of, um, people that were, were emotionally supporting, um, in our support group. Uh, it just, there's so much, that you have to heal from when we, when you leave, if you don't talk about it, if you don't process what you went through, you're bound to, um, kind of never heal from it, never fully heal. You know, you'll have triggers and you'll, you'll get anxiety and you'll have that PTSD longer than you would if you were able to really, break it down and figure out, okay, why am I getting anxiety when my boyfriend talks with his hands? Oh, it's because my, my ex, you know, used Mm -hmm. to to talk with his hands when he was getting angry, but that's a safe thing with my now boyfriend. It's not, um, you know, it's not uh, something dangerous that I have to get anxious about. You you Um, said something earlier too. Sorry. Um, why I'm apologizing. It's ingrained in me. It's ingrained in me. I was thinking about how you said men can be just as abused as women. And what I find is that when we're assessing men for abuse, oftentimes they're not, their safety isn't at risk. Right. Um, But also that a, a higher rate of women experience abuse due to those very rigid gender roles. Um, do you, do you find that too? Or, yeah, um, I mean, in our, um, support group, we, we are one of the only support groups online that really welcome any gender, um, because we understand that all genders can be perpetrators or victims of abuse, but very true. Like, um, the, the, um, what's it called? Obviously like the mortality rate of men in abusive relationships versus women in abusive relationships are going to be drastically different. Mm-hmm. And so um, the the problems that women face, obviously, in abusive relationships uh, are very, very different than what men deal in abusive relationships. But in that same, um, you know, breath, it's abuse is abuse, you know, and, and none of it is going to say that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we actually, I have a, um, we have two men on our admin team and um, one of which uh, I think really only dealt with emotional abuse. And the other one, uh, actually, he, I mean, he, he was beaten often. Oh so, yeah. So, I mean, he, she would put makeup on him to hide what she had done to him. Um, so his story has been really, really eye-opening for me. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that unfortunately men actually, um, have even fewer resources, um, to turn yeah. to than, than women That's when it comes to domestic violence. So we're feeling we're that shame. advocates for, yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah, shame, like I'm a man, I've, yeah. you know, all that. Yeah. 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 There's, um, yeah, so we're we're big advocates. Um, I, obviously, our, our group is 
the vast, vast majority is women, um, but we're definitely trying to figure out ways in the future to um, kind of target um, men uh, who are experiencing domestic violence as well. So, um, but yeah. So where was I? Do you have, <laughs> it's amazing. I know Thank you it's like so that. I I'm like really in awe of you and then it's like you like you because you know I was in I was like like I think I shared with you you know Michelle already is a social worker and mental health and she's been yeah. working with victims of domestic violence for over 10 years now and oh, I wow. am really passionate about being an advocate having survived 20 years of abusive relationships you know, and life trauma and um, a certified coach for trauma-informed um, coaching to specifically mm -hmm. help people move through PTSD, like in that area that you said, where people are, they're, they're done, you know, like they have, they're, they're done with the relationship and now they're just like stuck in the now what, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I'm just like, want to just celebrate like the th uh, three of us here of being people who have survived that yeah. we are thriving. And I, and I love pointing this out because if anyone's listening, I know for myself and I know I'm sure both of you two can relate, like you go through a point when you leave that it, like I was actually coaching someone today who, you know, she was sharing with me that for like the first year that she had left, she was just thought she was going to die. And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, yep that's exactly like it can be so painful to heal and to like have to work on our stuff and have to come to terms of what happened and i just want to encourage anyone who's listening that maybe is in that position and feels like i can't leave or i'm stuck or i don't what if i never find love again or this person said i'm sorry yeah. or whatever all the thoughts right it's all the feelings that we all have that like, oh my God, oh my God, life is so good on the other side. When you come out on the other side, you know, and, and so I just encourage anyone who's listening, like go to your website yeah, because yeah. you have so much information on there. And I think as well, like your story is so inspiring as a young woman who went through this, who, who said, you know what, I'm going to make this count. I'm going to make my life count. Not saying everybody who comes out of domestic violence has to then become an advocate, but your life can shine really bright afterwards. And so um, what, what is the web is, what is your website? I want to write yeah. it down and then I'll put it on our actual bio thing when I, when I publish this. Yeah. Yeah. So our website is speakyourtruth.today. Um, so not kind of like .com, just dot today. Okay. <laughs> so I uh, tried to make it as short as possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, you there might you have go. to type in www dot before it. I don't know. Sometimes uh, the dot today they don't okay. they don't like it very much. But okay. but it should pop up if you just uh, do it in Google. It should pop up right away. Um, and then um, on in Facebook, if you want to join the support group, um, it's gonna you can search speak your truth and it should be one of the first ones that pops up um if not the very first we have about eighteen thousand members now so um you'll be able to see that um at least the the amount of members um and we're like a black logo black little logo you did that that's i did yeah Thanks. I, uh, I'm a graphic designer by trade, so it kind of went hand in hand with everything. So I was able to design the website and 
Nice. Wow. Really put, I probably put over like 200 hours into designing the website just because there's so much information. We really wanted to actually consolidate everything that's within the support group because there is so much resources once you get into the support group um, that we have. But the way that Facebook arranges its groups isn't necessarily the best way to like offer resources to people. So we actually took all of that information into the website and uh, made it in a way so that it journeys with you on your way out of abuse. So the first mm -hmm. one tab is all about abuse education. The next tab is all about resources and figuring out how to leave. The next tab is all about, okay, I'm out. I'm, I need help. I need healing. You know, I need, I need financial resources because I've been ruined financially. Um, and then the last tab is, is beautiful. By the way. I was yeah. just looking at it too. I love this. You have a quiz, different forms of abuse, early red flags. Like there's so much information on here. This is gold. I'm like, can yeah. we just can you, can yeah, we and, borrow and your Hannah, website? You said, <laughs> so good. <laughs> you said the last thing on there was how, how can how I you help? can help. So that's like another huge portion of the healing process is like giving back. And that's what we love about our support group is that the last, the fourth tier of the people that we serve are the people who are out and happy like you, us three, you know, and, and are giving back to, to the people before us um, that are, are still, still going through it. And it's a, such a healing process for ourselves as well, because, um, you know, we're able to finally give what we've learned um, through going through it ourselves to other people. And so, um, so that's kind of the last tab. I also have some educational content there, um, for teaching children about abuse. That's something that speak your truth as a nonprofit. I really want to dive into in the future is creating abuse curriculum that can be taught through workshops and schools. Wow. And, I, and love Ooh, I can help. I can help. Oh, sweet. Awesome. We'll have to connect. I, I love I even the images in the background because it's like a butterfly. It's a cage with yeah. the door and it's a chain that's broken. Like, yeah. Yeah, and you have the hotlines. I'm going to, I know Michelle yeah. and I, I'm going to become, I'm going to become a volunteer. And I, because I, yeah. I, and I know Michelle, we both will <laughs> because this is amazing. Like really you're, you're doing, and I am so grateful that you chose to come on to our podcast because that's exactly what people need is what you're offering like i love that you even have something here on your website um under like how can you help of like what not to say because like that there's so you've kind of covered everything and that's like it's like that's what that's what needs to happen with education so that we're not like re-victimizing people That's... who have been through this with like, oh, you're fine, or you should have left or what, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. And so yeah. I just think you're a very good example of like, I mean, all three of us here are, are examples of, of that you can survive, you can thrive. There's hope. Life is beautiful on the other side of life yeah. is what we make it, you know, and there's and there are resources out there like what you're offering. Um, yeah. And I just I'm so grateful you're on here because our listeners, if they're going through this or know somebody going through this, I hope that they share your website and your Facebook group. And I know you have some, like you're doing events like locally and in your area, but can people find the events on your website as well? Like it sounds like, you yeah, kind of for right now. I mean, if you're listening to this, when this came out, when this comes out, we're, um, we're in the middle of our very first fundraising campaign. Um, so, uh, 
we are having a big event on the 16th um, and you can find all of this information on our donate um, page. But um, so basically we're calling it help get us up and running as a nonprofit. And um, we have, I have, 10 different team members besides myself that um, are running. So nine of us are doing a relay marathon and then one person, one team member is doing um, a full marathon in, in Denver actually. That's so so cool. um, yeah, <laughs> so pretty so cool. exciting. And then we also have three gyms across the US, um, one in Washington, one in Texas, and one in Pennsylvania. Um, and you can find their locations um, on our website, but um, on the 16th as well, um, to kind of raise funds. Um, one's a, a jujitsu gym that's doing a self defense class, um, and one's a yoga studio that's having a, a healing night. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited. It'll be fun. But, um, but we're amazing. actually uh, already 75% towards our total goal of $20,000. So, oh, um, I was hoping you yes, guys like yes. double it. Let's like get it double. Yeah. So, I want to. So, I want to get this episode up and out so we can you will yeah. share it and you can share it and put it on your website, put it on your Instagram, whatever you want to do. And yeah. Oh my goodness. This has been Thank you so, so much for having me on. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Michelle, do you have any other questions or things you wanted no, to talk I, about? I uh not that I can think of, but I I just can't say enough how grateful I am for you, mm -hmm. Hannah, um, and what you're doing because you're reaching such a broad, you have so mm -hmm. many people you can reach online. And yeah. so I, I'm I'm very excited for the day that it's that I don't have to have a job working with victims of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, um I think I think everybody is an advocate, whether it's on a larger scale or a smaller scale, there's advocacy to be done, even if it's to support a friend or a family member. Um, because, you know, where I work, we don't want to be just like here in the corner doing this work because people go, oh, that's really nice what you do for those people. And it's like, I appreciate where that's coming from, but I'm like, no, like, we, we don't want to be the, these people, you know, we're, and plus those people are a majority. <laughs> like there's a lot of yeah. those people, right? Yeah. Um, we need everybody to speak out. We need everybody, you know, who can, who are safe yeah. to. Um, I always tell I people, yeah, I always tell people that, um, you know, if you haven't experienced it for you, it touches everyone. If you haven't experienced it for yourself, your yeah. sibling, your cousin, your mm -hmm. aunt, your coworker will, and you have to be educated and know what to say and know how to help um, mm -hmm. because it will happen at some point in your lifetime. If it's not you, it's someone else that you know. And so, um, yeah, I just think it's so, uh, like education is just so, so important. So yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Because yeah. I was going to say, what would you leave listeners with? If you could oh, leave yeah. one thing for listeners. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> education. Yeah. 
pretty much. Yeah, you have to be educated. And so I really encourage people always. Um, I've kind of become like the abuse guru that all my friends go to now mm -hmm. whenever they, which happens quite often, whenever they, they have a friend that comes to them that has experienced domestic violence. So, um, right. or an unhealthy, unhealthy relationship, you know. So I always send people to our How Can You Help page because there's a whole portion that we kind of touched on, Laura kind of touched on, but um, it's how, what, what to say and what not to say. And, um, and it really dives into um, all these different um, kind of social norms that we kind of go into and, and automatically say without thinking, um, which blame the victim oftentimes. And so um, you can be, you have to be really careful about the language that you use, especially when they're really fresh out of the relationship um, and what's helpful and what's not helpful. So, um, so yeah, I would definitely go there if, uh, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. I am so grateful that you, and that's like what you said, because I've never thought to say that, like be mindful of the language that you use and to learn the right language. So I really appreciate that listeners mm -hmm. are hearing this from you and I, I, it's just awesome. You know, I, I, I think it's so great you said that as well, because I, I, I remember like at the point when I had left my second husband and being really raw and like being really like so fresh in the like pain of it and feeling a lot of shame and like, you know, still questioning, did I do the right thing? Did I, you know, and, and I can remember like my sister just like very casually, like just saying like, Oh, Laura, like, why are you even still thinking about this person? And like, she, she did not mean it mean at all. Like she just like, was just, we we're just having a conversation and it was like, and I just remember just like the sting in my eye. Like I was just like, oh my God, don't cry, don't cry. Like she just doesn't know, right? Or how many times my mom would say like, hey, what a jerk, just get over him, you know? And you're just like, that's so no, not- If only it was that easy. If only, right. If it, was, if it was really that easy, we wouldn't need it. Speak your truth. We wouldn't need wayward women. We wouldn't need all these different resources because there's so much- more to it than just like and so I love that you have that about education like educating yourself mm -hmm. if you're experiencing it educating if you think a friend is going through it my other sister saved my life by sending me an article about and saying yeah. do you think does this resonate with you because we were texting a lot and it's like you know do yeah. the do the education do the research and um yeah. yeah thank you so much for coming onto our podcast we are so excited for you just to watch you grow. And, and I know for myself, I want to get involved and speak your truth and join your forum and just like be a part of like, just Joy. watching you grow and I'm going to share it with, um, the victims of domestic abuse that I work yes. with. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 We're in the process of, um, of wanting to reach out to, cause we're such a fantastic resource for other domestic violence mm -hmm. nonprofits, because Absolutely. obviously you guys are aiding their physical and legal needs, but not, ev not all of them can really emotionally support all the clients that come, come to them. And so, um, we are essentially 24 seven emotional support for yeah. survivors and their entire journey out of abuse. So, um, so yeah, we've been trying to kind of reach out and, and get connected with, uh, larger nonprofits. Fits. I love so, it. I love it. Yeah. And and as always, oh, <laughs> cry because it's so like it's so it's so beautiful what you do. I mean, yeah. there's a difference, you know. I've seen um, the culture shift over 
the last decade and just to hear what you're doing that's yeah, really incredible yeah 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 it is you are definitely a very bright light and so i'm very happy i met you i am so excited that you're going to be up in this area and and when you're doing your event because hannah and i are going to go meet after her event so we can meet face to face and 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 hang out a little bit so um so we're gonna go ahead and just wrap up um Um, as always we like to share do you want to share the number michelle yes um so if you need help you can also call the national domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE that's 1-800-799-7233 you can also chat live or text start in capital letters to 88788 uh, again, this is a great resource if you need to know where there's a place or a agency in your area that can uh, support you. And as always, if you have a question, you can reach out to us at the Wayward Women Podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Instagram, Wayward Women Podcast, TikTok, Wayward Women Podcast. Um, our website is 80% done. We're so excited <laughs> to get our website out there and have our podcast up on the website and offer um, coaching between Michelle and myself. So if anybody's listening and wants that individual coaching or groups will be running um, some more to come on that. Um, yeah. And as always, you're not crazy and you're not alone. <laughs> and what you're going through is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. My friend, my friend makes fun of me because she's like, your slogan is, that's not normal. 